0: are uh, we're into the show now this is jerry a thompson with jb yates and this is our next installment of the Pitted play podcast jb how you doing i'm good how are you i'm super psyched um so our audience will will learn that uh you're not just my guest you are my cousin there Um, we go (laughs) super super hyped to have you so you actually are my first relative um to be on Pivot Play,
1: very um, nice. So I'm gonna claim that that makes me your favorite cousin now. That'll that'll cause problems,
0: well, I'm sure. So, so I yeah, there's a list of them I could tell you. <laughs> Probably starting with Patrice that would come looking looking for you, um, Leslie. Yes. Um, uh, maybe even Bunzi. Who knows? And I'm, <laughs> I'm throwing out names. People have no idea who they are. But anyway, so. Um, let me I'm trying to set this up. So the reason that I wanted you on was a few weeks ago we did um there was a family, I don't want to call it a reunion, but it was like a Zoom get together. You know, it was a bunch of us that were together all really all day. I think it was an eight to ten hour day. Um, but we'll we'll call it a virtual uh family reunion. Someone can correct me later if that's not how they want to brand it, but um, and so we went through the day and it was great to have a bunch of family on there on Zoom for eight to 10 hours. Uh, but we had different sessions that we did. And so I believe that I did one that was uh, talking about how to thrive during this time. Right. And then a session or two later or right. I don't know if it was right after. Now I don't remember that part. But then you came on and just like blew the doors off. So, <laughs> Um, so do you remember the name of your session? My session was what's holding you back. Ah, there you go. So how to thrive and then what's holding you back. So there was some connectedness between what I was talking about with the family and what you were talking about with the family and to, to try to set this up even more for people who don't know. Um, so our family in particular is very unique in that, um, we have a lot of giftedness in our family. Yes, very um, much. A lot of people who just innately know how to do things. So by and large, if you see people in my family somewhere, they are likely gonna have some leadership or some position of influence. Like we just kind of gravitate to running stuff. It's just how it, it's just how we it- We can't help it, it's yeah. not our fault. <laughs> but the, the roots of that come from my grandfather. You're a great grandfather um Elijah Thompson who was a preacher and a pastor but what I would say about that is even back in the 40s and 50s from everything that I understand he was the real deal wow. um in that like I don't even know if you know some of this JB but it, I have and I think I have him back now um is a series of real to real tapes of granddad preaching And so he would travel around and take the family. Um, And so I've heard a couple of those sermons from back in the 50s. And think about it, a black preacher on the road recording his sermons. Wow. right? Right. So it says a couple of things. One is he was forward thinking. The second is sort of that, you know, like we're we're gadgeteers. Right. In his family, so for him to do that and now to have those things preserved, um, but from the standpoint of his character and being in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, where he did a lot of his work, right? Because he was also he was a minister and a pastor, but he was also a builder, right? So we know in Woodland, PA, there's several houses that he built that are still standing. The church in Marple, PA, he built. I mean, so he had his hands to a lot of things, but he was. So widely respected, but across denominations in the area because of just his stature and um, his integrity and his true commitment to what he was doing. And then, you know, he and Grandmom got together and they had all these kids, right, Um, who were very interesting in their own right. So my my dad was the baby. Your grandmother, I don't even know where she falls in line with them.
1: That is a good question i I wanna say she's like third or fourth oldest
0: yeah i i I don't know, but, yeah, but saying all that to say that through that through that bloodline, we've just been very fortunate to be a very gifted um group of people but the what what I thought what kind of really blew me away um that day and hearing you speak was largely in our family. You know, the, the shine goes to if you preaching, teaching, singing, playing an instrument, holding some position because church was such a big part of our upbringing. Yeah. And then some other people came along that demonstrated different skills, and we just don't talk. It just doesn't really get talked about. Yeah. So I was both surprised very pleasantly and then just blown away by what we talked about, what you presented. Um, to the family. And I'm like, see, my cousin's got it going on. So, <laughs> so so all that to say, super thrilled to have you here and um, looking forward to the conversation. So that said, help our audience understand kind of your background and what it is that you do.
1: Kind of who I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for the last 14 years, I have been in post-secondary education. Um, more career-focused, specialized education. So kind of, you know, the opposite of your two or four-year traditional, more hands-on, career-focused, get-right-into-it um, type of education for careers that that truly are in demand. Um, and so, I, right now, I have 14 campuses that I provide training and support for in terms of around, you know, just really trying to motivate and encourage people from a recruitment standpoint to kind of realize that they don't have to stay stuck or that they don't have to stay in a career that they don't like. That... You know, you don't have to settle for less, that there's options for you and you have choices. Right. Um, and so I'm really big on that. Just 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 showing people that they have they have choices. So I've spent the last 14 years doing that um, all across the continental U.S. I mean, right now, my territory happens to be the northeast. But I've had, you know, I've had campuses um, on the West Coast in Arizona, down south in mobile and pensacola and birmingham and so you know just kind of all over and but there's a commonality that exists whether you're in a small little rural town in cookville tennessee or whether you're in an inner city in baltimore or in philadelphia um you 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 want more you want to be able to provide for your family however that looks in your neighborhood you want to be able to ultimately you know, enjoy what you do, be successful and provide for yourself and your family.
0: Right. So given that, just, <laughs> you, you already got my mind going. So <laughs> when you, you talked about this commonality. So the people that you interact with, especially during this time that we're in, right, the challenges with COVID and yeah. we have all this social unrest and the, the economy is fragile, whether people realize that or not. So the people that you're dealing with, do you see them where where are they on the scale from um, highly optimistic to hopeless? Like where where are where are people? Where's their thinking and their outlook on the future?
1: We are definitely closer to hopeless than we are optimistic. Um, I mean, and you know that comes from turning on the TV, turning on social media. Um, you know that that word essential got thrown a, around an awful lot. And so if your job shut down or you were quarantined and all of a sudden you're being told you're not essential, right? So now it's like, well, I'm hopeless. What what do I do? And then on the flip side of that, you know, because we, we work with a lot of people also in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so my job is essential but it also means i'm putting myself at risk and so right. i'm out here every day in the midst of this pandemic that people don't know anything about or understand right. and so even for them there's sort of you know they're they're somewhere in between you know they're probably somewhere closer in between as as opposed to being more hopeless but right. you know people are just lost and and really trying to find what they can do and really being willing to sort of lean into something new and look at things a little bit differently.
0: So let's so let's jump into that a little bit. And so from from my own perspective, right? I'm, you know, in the in the corporate space um and work for a very large global company um that does business in, you know, 100 countries around the world. Um and even in the St. Louis area just sort of had this character of moniker of a very secure place to work. Right. Right. And then COVID shows up and then people who had been in their jobs for, you know, many years found their name on a list. Right. And so they were first furloughed and then we all
1: learned a new term furloughed. No know. furloughed. And you know
0: what? And I've unfortunately had to be one of the persons to create those lists. Yeah. I know what furlough really means other than the, there's the opportunity we may bring you back. Um, and then they went to laid off, which effectively meant that they were no longer employees. But I thought laid off meant that you still were, you know, so, you know, so. all. But the, Furlough the point was a is, nice
1: way of saying right. you were laid off. I mean, you were laid off both
0: in both ways, basically. Right. But then your your key card no longer works in the building. To me, <laughs> right. that's the same as fire. But hey. But I bring that up to say you had people who were really comfortably positioned and, you know, were on that track, right? Like they got homes that they've paid for and funding their retirement and sending their kids to school and taking vacations and, you know, living a very comfortable middle class to upper middle class life. And then the rug is pulled out from under them um you know they hit the streets at the same time a bunch of other people who are equally qualified you know yeah. are hitting the streets um you know and so when you've encountered people who are and we'll talk about the ones who are stuck yeah what about the ones who are dazed
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what the the ones who are dazed I, what i will say is that You know, like you hit your head, right? It's like the cartoons where the the little birds would go around you for a minute. Well, eventually the birds kind of disappear, right? Right. And so once you come out of that dazed sort of um, haze that you were in, I I do believe those individuals started churning their, their brains towards you know, maybe living out dreams that they had wanted to, or turning something that was a hobby into something that they could actually turn into a business and make, and make money. And so at least those individuals, although they were a little dazed, you know, they had some sort of skills under their belt, right? They had Mm -hmm. some type of positions and careers previously, Um, And although they were forced to sort of figure out kind of what's next, you know, a, a lot of them them kind of shook it off and said, "Okay, let me let's let's figure out sort of what I can do, even if it's not within this same industry. And so I've been excited to watch people kind of step into some of their dreams in terms of, you know. Podcasts, home businesses—you know, just taking things like I said that were hobbies, or at least what they thought were hobbies—and now trying to to you know turn it into um, something that they could earn a earn a living at, and right. how and how to go about doing that.
0: So, and and there's the magic word. You said exactly what I was about to get to. So people can manufacture a what, right? As long as right. we're connected to our sense of curiosity, maybe we have a bucket list. We have our imagination. So we can manufacture a what? Where I see people typically getting stuck is on the how. Yeah. Right? Because there's rarely a dream, you know, rarely a mission or vision that does not have to be funded in some way. Agreed. Right. Right. (laughs) Or it, in, in that, and some of that funding can be actual capital, but the other more critical capital sometimes is time itself. Yeah. Right. And then there's this other component of I have this thing I want to do. I don't know if I know enough about it. So now there's a learning requirement that has to go into that. So piecing together the components of the how, what are your thoughts around that? And what are some of the conversations? Because maybe this is where that stuckness, if that's a word, that, com- <laughs> that that's where getting stuck comes from is yeah. I know what the what is how?
1: So one of the things that I, I look at, I get stuck on this word sort of rebranding, right? You, you know, you, you think about companies that start off one way or have a hiccup, right? You know, have a something that goes bad and then they're forced to sort of rebrand that company so that they can move forward. And essentially that's what people are having to do. They're having to rebrand themselves. Um, in terms of finding out how to turn, like you said, the what um, into some actionable steps to make it um, move forward. And so the the first thing, um, you know, for me is about self-awareness. I think it's super important for you to be self-aware of who you are, what skills you have, things that hold you back, right? Like, you know, just kind of a self-awareness of yourself um, in terms of what makes you unique, what are some of the things that, you know, kind of set you apart. And when you have that level of self-awareness, it kind of starts you towards the steps of identifying what you're going to need to continue to move forward. I don't believe we accomplish anything in this life without the help or support of others. And so, you know, trying to find those good resources, whether it's a career coach, a life coach, a business partner, um, you know, someone that is able to kind of help you pour into you, celebrate you, encourage you and push you. Like you you, you need those things, but it starts with, to me, it starts with that self-awareness of being able to acknowledge, okay, here's what I'm great at, but this is an area that's not my forte. So I need to get some resources for the business side or the, you know, the financial and the accounting piece of this, or, you know, being able to start and set up an LLC and, you know, those kinds of things. And so the, the good thing though, is in this day and age that we're in with this Wonderful internet and good old Google. Like, if you don't pick up your phone and say into your phone, Google, how do you start a business? Like, you know, at least start there, right? Like,
0: well, so, uh, but JB, so a couple things with that, right? So, oh man, you said self awareness. I remember picking up a book, it may have been recommended to me called Fearless Leadership. Okay. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be about, you know, doing pushups for the boardroom and, you know, you know, how to really put your thing down and, and and put people in their place and, you know, stand up and what it really turned out to be a lot of it was about self awareness. And it talked a lot about blind spots, mm-hmm. right? So there, there are things that all of us are, you know, that, that are part of the equation that produces our results those variables are there. We are the owner of those. We have zero awareness and visibility to those things, which is why they're called blind spots. Right. So we don't know, you know, the ways that we may affect people when we walk into a room or you know how we generally treat people or how we value information or value people's time. I mean, it can go down a list of things, right? We we can appear very short with a person who deserves our attention. You know, there's just a number of things. But again, they're blind spots because we don't know them. So when you say self-awareness. To me, self-awareness is a graduated position,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Like there has to be something that gets you there that says, in fact, your best friend might be a mirror. Right. For you to be able to see yourself. I don't know how many people I see getting there right and again they're super excited i mean i love what they're so excited about the what but then you do have to structure somewhat of a plan and then people are filling that in with stuff i don't even understand like you said if you can't google um you know how to start a business you know i had a friend of mine reach out to me just just yesterday or the day before to speak with someone For information that I knew that if you just type this into YouTube, you're gonna get like five hundred hits of people that's gonna tell you exactly what you're asking me. And then they didn't do what I said anyway. So, but that's an example to me of a lack of self-awareness to say that there's a there is a gap between where I am and where I want to get to. And most of that is gonna be knowledge and experience that I need. Right. So I want to go back to self-awareness because you 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 spoke about it so simply. But I just don't, I don't see a ton of it. Maybe I need to change the people I hang around, but I just don't see a ton of it when I look at even the masses of people, what they're looking for is a target, someone to blame, someone to point the finger out that absolves them of getting from the what and the how to a when, right. And actually executing on that thing. So I just, I said a bunch of words there, but
1: no, no, but you, but, but, but here's the th- you know, with anything, it, you, you can't do, you can't have one without the other, right? So like, you have to have a self-awareness, but part of having that self-awareness, because you mentioned it, like those blind spots to me are why I have accountability partners. Why I have people that are able to sort of check me or to say, hey, no, you said you were going to do this. And you didn't. And so, part of the self awareness, though, and why people aren't always comfortable with accountability partners or even that word accountability I mean, you know this. And when we hire, people say all the time, Oh, I don't want someone who micromanages me. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to be micromanaged. But let's be truthful. Some people need to be micromanaged, right? Right. Like, if, and if you're self aware and knowing yourself to say, I am a big idea person and I have all of these ideas but I am lacking some of the skill set to to turn that idea into right. execution then you need an accountability partner you need that person to see that blind spot and 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 be okay with them sort of holding you accountable and and listen I'm I'm big on accountability partners that just aren't like Bring the hammer. Like it's not about bringing the hammer. It's the combination of they push you, they pour into you, they can celebrate you, but they're gonna hold your feet to the fire. And so I think it's okay to say, you know what? I'm the idea person, and maybe I need somebody who's gonna be the executor, right? Who can right. come in and execute. And that's right. and 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 if you if you're someone who has been Toying around with all of these ideas and all of these whats and all these grand plans, but nothing's happening for you. Then what I would say to those people is, you need an accountability partner. Right. Run and get one—a coach, someone that can 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 meet the two or connect the dots for you for sure.
0: Right. So then requires a, a person to have a handle on maybe a couple things. One mm-hmm. is trust. Yes. The other is transparency, Ooh. right? You, you have to be willing to let someone see you naked. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean physically, but you know, figuratively. Um, and even when you go back to these accountability partners, you know, I, and I, I mean, I, I I'd so believe what you're saying because like I'm very much about self accountability. Yeah. But there's some things that, because it may kind of be right up against that line of where I start to lose confidence. You know, there might be a bit of imposter syndrome, which we can come back and and talk about that. I need other people to, to sometimes encourage me and sometimes remind me right of what I'm capable of, but also maybe even um, remind me of things that I've done. Right, because sometimes the bright lights are on and you can forget that sort of thing. Um, but that idea of someone who can pull your coattail and say, "Hey, you said that by the fifteenth, you were going to do blah blah blah." Well, where is that? And giving those people that access and that license to you, and you can't get pissed off at them because they said something to you. Right, but
1: but that but that that trust, because you're right. Like you keep you, it it's it's a trust to be transparent and vulnerable right? Like there's that that. vulnerability that's part of it. And if you're someone who's not able to trust people, then I think that that's self-awareness right there. Then you're saying if there's no one you can trust, listen, we're not, you and I both, neither one of us are advocating for you to just randomly go pick anybody as your accountability partner. Mm -hmm. We're not randomly saying that everybody should have access to your life, to your to your dreams, to your, you know, to your just to your space that way. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you need good accountability partners to be able to do that. And if you don't have anyone that you trust or you're distrusting of everyone, then that is self-awareness. You need help.
0: Right. <laughs> you need help, like you need to talk to somebody. Like, right. That's and that could be one of those, it's 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 not, it's not them, it's you.
1: Right. 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 I mean,
0: there's, you know, with the, the billions of people on the planet, you can't trust any of them. You can't get along with any of them. You can find a fault in all of them. Then it's not probably one. not them. <laughs> and again, we're human beings. In fact, we are flawed. Right. Yep. And so I feel, I believe also in that that people can have unreasonable expectations of other human beings that are walking around in flesh and blood. You know, and have been affected by their condition and their experiences and their habits in the same way that you have. But some people have made themselves sort of the center, um, you know. I guess of their own universe, and it's it's just never them; it's always somebody else. So those are the people. If they're on that page, then like I'm not the person for them. You might be the the most mm-hmm. amazing encourager to get them. And it's funny the previous episode that we just recorded. I what I figured out is like I'm not a good one o one person like if okay. it's the first class, well, I'm probably not your dude, right? <laughs> I'm going to come at you way too hard. I'm going to be elbowing you way too hard. I mean, 102, 103, right? Like when we get there and it's more experiential and and less and maybe even less inspirational be frank honest with you cuz I'm all I'm about that action. Like what are we going to get yeah. done? Um and so so there's the where's the what? There's the how and like you said be people being self-aware and maybe even knowing that you need a team. So one of the stories that I tell is when I went back to, to finish my degrees um, I, I did my undergrad in 13 months and then followed the next month. I started again, it was a competency based program and I did my MBA in 10 months, but there wasn't a single month in there that I did not want to quit.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I, I, I was somehow, I was losing a grasp on the why, right. Which is another big one because I was tired I was being challenged. I had other things that were more fun that I wanted to do. And when I tell people that I wanted to quit, they're like, in no way you would quit because you don't quit anything. Well, in fact, there's a lot of things that I have quit and there's a lot of things that I haven't finished. But my, my point in bringing this up is I had a mentor, which is kind of an accountability partner that I had to meet with on a weekly basis. And so in a meeting, we would establish these are the things that you said that you were going to do in the prior week. Where are those things? And then what are you going to do in the week going forward? So for me, although I was tired, I felt um, dejected at times. I was just down and going through other things in my life. I did not want to show up to one of those mentor sessions and make excuses
1: and be unprepared you didn't
0: want right. to be unprepared right so this the i've learned the shame is a great motivator for me i don't know how other people work but i don't oh, want no, to know i think it's huge for
1: everybody like listen i if it's a workout plan i can disappoint myself but if i'm supposed to meet a trainer at the gym at six AM. Oh, I will be there at five fifty, ready to go. If it's just me and I need to be there, then I'm not going to show up. But that shame of letting somebody else, or you know, not not you know, not being prepared, or or feeling like I'm I'm holding people back. No, I'll I'll definitely do it. So yeah, you're spot on.
0: Yeah, and 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 I don't know that enough people. This is one of my. This is so you'll hear one of my gripes now. Like people at the gym, right? <laughs> um. I won't say they get on my nerves, but I don't understand them, right? And so these are the people, and I'm and and i saying this because, again, I, I really do believe that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. There you go. Right? Like, you're always leaving clues about who you are in almost every action that you take. And so when I watch these people who are haplessly just walking through the gym, they sit on a piece of equipment for a few minutes, and then they go off to another piece of equipment for a few minutes, They're on the phone. They got a magazine. They're like, I'm like, you came here with zero plan.
1: Yep.
0: Right. And do what you want. But I need to understand because those are the people who will say two things. One, I spent X amount of time in the gym. (laughs) Check. You did that. Right. (laughs) And then they look and it's like, but I'm not getting the results because you don't have a plan. And you're not there challenging yourself. You've been in this gym for 90 minutes and you've yet to break a sweat. Yeah. And this is how I see people going through life. They say, well, I signed up for this. I went to that. I'm not getting the results. And this is when they're not owning it. But I'm sure you have to encounter these types of people. There's like you speak to them. They're like, I did all the stuff. You said it ain't work. How do you address them?
1: You know, So it's funny because I think we talked about this um, last time we were talking a little bit about this conversation, like you have a responsibility, right? Like you're the effort that you put in matters. And if you put in zero effort, you're going to get zero results. So part of this is like you talked about, you know, you you have to you have to set some deadlines for yourself, some goals and some deadlines. Right. And, you know, we could go into like business 101 and talk about those, you know, specific, measurable, actionable, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things that make goal setting, um, you know, more structured. But the reality of it is, is that if you're trying to accomplish something, Mm -hmm. you know, let's let's stop with this idea that you've got all the time in the world. Right. And I think it's great when people are like, it's not too late. And no, it's not too late, but you can't say it's not too late to give yourself the excuse to not put in effort and to do the work or to put it off tomorrow. Right. And so, you know, what I what I say to people is, you know, first of all, you need to write it down. You need that. You need to write it out and write it down. If it's in your head, it's not enough. It has to be on paper. Um, get yourself a um, a notebook. It's funny. I started getting people like I have one that says, "I'm attracting the life of my dreams." Like, get hmm. something that is is not just for you. That you know, you're not. Put, I'm not putting my grocery list in this notebook, right? Hmm. Like, this is the notebook that has those those the plan. It has the the what. It's got the big idea, and then it's got a series of steps that you've got to take in order to get there and then next to those you need you need deadlines for them and you want to feel accomplished in terms of checking things off but not just checking it off like like you said it's not just i went to the gym right like it's Mm -hmm. you know i burned this many calories right and then that gives you something that's measurable so yes i went to the gym but my goal was to burn this many calories and that's what i did Um, and so it's the same thing in terms of, you know, your career goals. It's the same thing in terms of you trying to take a, an idea and turn that into, you know, a business for yourself. Um, and so, you know, it, write it down, put yourself some goals in place, um, and then you need to visit it every day. Like, this, this, the, your, your book should be tattered. It should be written in, it should be crossed out, and something else can be written over it. Like, which is what, I mean, listen, I love the podcast. I love the whole pivot because that's what, that's what it's about, right? Like, I'm, I may write down this plan, but I have to be flexible enough that if something in here isn't working or isn't making sense, then I gotta be able to pivot and turn a different direction and and, and go into another another place with it. So, um, well, let's talk and that, about and that's the challenge for people. People get discouraged though and that's right. what usually stops them.
0: So people can have a dream and then sometimes people can have a haunted dream. Oof. Right. So they have this thing and then the boogeyman shows up, the monsters show up, the trap doors show up. Um, and so I've encountered a lot of people whose dreams are haunted, mm. right? They're incident prone and they have this, this one enemy in particular other than time is always fear. Yeah. Right. And that's how our dreams become haunted where There could be that first person that we, you know, so enthusiastically share our dream with and they just rain all over our parade Mm -hmm. and they tell us, well, you did this in the past. It didn't work or they just they can't see your vision. And so they haunt your dreams. And I think sometimes we invade our own dreams with bad imagery of all the mistakes that we've made in the past, the things that we failed at or that we don't feel qualified or imposter syndrome right? Yeah. Um, So, and, and I saw your reaction when I said haunted dreams. What mm-hmm. what pops into your head when you hear that term?
1: So I am huge. I have been talking to people about fear um, for so long because I believe that fear is a self-imposed jail and prison that you're putting yourself in and I, you know it's like the it's like the haunted house right like get out the house like why are we staying in this haunted house i'm not spending the night here like we leave, we're leaving right like it's like you know the movie would be done by 30 minutes in cuz once i walk in and it looks crazy i'm out i'm, I'm not out. i'm not staying in this haunted house right and so that that's how i feel about fear it's a self imposed prison or jail that you're putting yourself in. Right. And at some point, listen, we're all going to do it. We all, we all have those moments. But you have to choose whether or not you're going to serve a one day sentence, a one week sentence, a one year sentence, a 10 year sentence. And so, you know, I, the, the dreams are going to get haunted. Okay. You know, you're going to have fear that are going to set in. Okay. But what are you going to do? Like, do you, do you spend and move and buy the haunted house? Or do you, do you say, you know what? I I don't think I'm going to buy this house, right? Like, I think think I'm going to leave this one. And so you gotta, you gotta be able to get out of that self-imposed fear. And, and, and you, you will, you will, the more and more you recognize when it happens. The easier it is to start snapping yourself out of it quickly. Like sometimes it could take you a week to say, "Oh crap, I've been in this for a week." And then as you start getting better with it, you'll start saying it on the same day. You'll say, "Okay, this was a bad day," right. and I, I tomorrow I'm gonna change the sheets on this bed. I'm gonna sleep in some clean sheets, and tomorrow when I wake up, it's gonna be it's gonna be better. And so, but initially when that fear sets in, especially if it's been your operating procedure it takes you a minute to recognize that you're doing it it takes you a record it takes you a minute to recognize that you're being haunted and you got to get out of
0: it so that so a couple things and, and so this reminds me now of you of you actually talking about that which i thought was so powerful which is you know that there are people who are imprisoned who are serving time they know how long they're going to be there yeah but what you expressed is that really, if fear is, in fact, a jail, it's the one that you can determine how long the sentence is going to be. Yeah. Right. I've been in this for for five minutes. I'm warden. Open this. Open I'm this out. <laughs> the right. right. A day, a week, you get to choose. And then I thought further about what you said because I thought that that was so powerful. But there are people who have been in the jail for so long. They've now become marketing and promotion
1: they're institutionalized right
0: they're yeah. institutionalized. and and so but they're attracting other people but what they're looking for is for people to embrace and join their story
1: mm, i got you they're, they
0: join like, join join my reason them. so you understand why I'm, this is where i am please understand absolve me of my responsibility to contribute to humanity yeah and, and the reason i say it that way is we have these dreams we have these visions we have these goals but ultimately everything that we want to do, if it truly has merit to me, is going to bless somebody else's life. It's going to yeah. impact somebody else's life. It's going to help make somebody else's life better. And the problems in the world persist because people are not giving their answer. Yeah. And your dream, your vision, your goal, that is an answer for someone else, for an entire community, for an entire city, could be for an entire nation. But people are like, no, you have to understand why I'm here and why it makes no sense for you to expect anything more of me? Yeah. So they've become marketing and promotion for their haunted dream. Come yeah. in and see why I'm here. Matter of fact, why don't you sit in this jail? Yeah, come with spend the me. night with
1: me in jail. Come spend
0: the night, Cause right? Because you, you you got to be just as messed up as me. So let me let me get your okay. thoughts on this too, because this is now I'm on my, I'm on my soapbox now, JB. Okay. That um. That the other thing that I believe because of social media that people are watching and listening to these people that they admire and they believe that these people are leaving them breadcrumbs to a similar, a similar level of success and accomplishment and is just smoke and mirrors like that's not their real life. And I think it gets people's expectations out of whack. And I think it breeds this sense of entitlement like it should have happened for me by now or I shouldn't have to work this hard.
1: It's comparison. It's comparison. You're you are you know, these people are you're you're basically comparing yourself to someone on social media and and mm-hmm. their journey and all of that. And I'm sorry. I mean, for me, the the the, the three things that hold people back are fear comparison and then that procrastination of you know not executing right that like what we were talking about and if you think about comparison you know like here here's 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 how it goes stop comparing and start preparing yourself like mm. if you would stop comparing yourself to others you could actually take the time to prepare yourself and arm yourself with what you need wow. But you're spending your your time, you know, stalking somebody on social media and following their every move instead of making your own moves right. or figuring out what your own moves are. And, you know, just because you start a T-shirt business and somebody else has a T-shirt business, you don't have to compare your business to theirs. You know, they can have a successful business and you can, too. It doesn't take away from the product that you're offering and the value that you bring and the service that you're providing. Right. But that level of comparison is what holds us back. It, it, it lets us see the great in other people and really kind of see the negative in ourselves. You know, it's like right. I, they're doing everything wonderful and it's working for them and nothing's working for me. And so when you do that level of comparing you don't you don't feel like you need to prepare. You're not you're not putting forth the effort right. to prepare. So stop comparing and start preparing. Is so really
0: to you and your experience, do you see men and women falling victim to comparison equally or in some way different?
1: Well, it's it's always different. I mean, it's it's definitely equal, but it's it's always different in the sense that a lot of times. Women are more op- openly, sort of, um, I hate to use the word emotional about it, but more openly vocal and just kind of outward with it. And a lot of times I find that men don't recognize that they're doing it or don't really want to admit to the fact that they're doing it. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but I mean, it's, 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 it, I mean
0: seriously, like oh no they're they let me so let me give you from a man's point of view, please then. please this is this is my this is just this is my view of the world, okay, is that most men right around the age of forty start dealing in report cards, right, meaning that they'll look at the man next to him, what does he have, what does he accomplish, what does he do, what does he earn? that's a big one for us, it's like who who's making the money um and so that comparison becomes active to the point where people change their social circles and i think it is the perception Mm -hmm. largely drawn around like usually by 40 like you've hit a trajectory like you've hit a a momentum a pace a speed um and trajectory is real important because that's about where something's going to yeah. right and i think that people have self-pronounced how far they can go by a certain age this person is already beyond me and what they'll do is disconnect themselves from people who have at a certain age accomplished more than they have or attained more than they have and they will make sure that they congregate with people who have only reached a similar level of accomplishment and what they've done is count themselves out Mm -hmm. right to understand that no in fact it's in your 40s, right? And this is actually, um, now that I think about it, it was actually written about in Think and Grow Rich. For most men, it's in their 40s. That's where you're able to leverage all the stuff that you learn in your 20s and 30s. And usually one of the best earning decades for most men is actually in their 40s. And that momentum can build through your 40s into your 50s. And then it's just a, like a wave that can't be stopped. But because they get stuck in comparing what I have versus this guy and I'm not going to talk to him. So like there are a lot of men who won't ask me questions mm-hmm. because their perception is that I'm doing better. And I may be I may be today making right. More, like, but again, they just look at money and cars and houses. They don't talk. Mm-hmm. If they don't ask about relationships and all the other things that really make your life. But what they do is my point is they will disconnect themselves from sources of help right? Sources of people who can help them solve problems, help them find resources to pursue their dream because they get stuck in p- comparison because men fall more victim to their ego. So I,
1: I'm glad you said ego because I didn't want to say
0: the, the e word, ego. But... <laughs> it's my show. I will What's say that? ego. Oh it is what it is. The most say the, fragile, e JB, JB, <laughs> the most fragile thing on the planet is a man's ego.
1: I'm telling listen, I wanted to say it because, like I said, they won't admit it, but it's their ego that stops them from really saying that. But see, mm-hmm. you what you talked about, and this is if there's if there's something that we could leave with people or really try to encourage them, if you think about your circle, or even if I think about my circle, there are individuals in my circle that I mentor, right? That I am, am working with to help bring them up, right? And then I have people that are in my circle that are at the same level. You know, we, we, we have a lot in common, you know, there's a whole lot of similarities, but then there are people in my circle that I don't have a problem saying are, I don't want to say like above me, you know what I mean? And, And really I do that because that for me helps to elevate me to the, to the next level. And so if you're, only, or if you're cutting people out of your circle or eliminating people from your circle because they've got more than you or they think they're better than you or whatever these perceptions are that we, that we, how we coin it, you're missing out on an opportunity to kind of step your game up and take yourself to the next level. And so it is okay for you to have people that you mentor. It is okay for you to have a group of individuals that you feel comfortable with because you guys have so many similarities and there's so much to talk about. But get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable and stay in the circle or in those conversations with people that are doing more and have more because guess what? It'll make you step your game. It's the shame that we talked about. Right. It'll Ooh. make you step your game up. Stepping so game you're up. like, well, you know what? If if they can do it, then then I can do it. There's a there's yeah. a psychological term called act as if, right? And I try to get people to do this. It's called act as if. And you know, we may want to call it fronting or however you want to do it, but when oh, you fake, act as if you make it right, fake it till you make it. Oh, but God. when you yeah. act as if, what starts to happen is the more and more you start talking about it or walking it. You'll, it magically starts to seep on you and it starts to get into you and, and you and you find yourself becoming what you were acting as if you were. Right. Um, um, and so I just I, I think it's so short sighted to cut people out of your your circle because you're, you're comparing because of your ego, because your emotions got in the way.
0: Right. Well, and the other thing that can happen, too, is like we and certainly shame can be a motivator. And I've and again, I've been very transparent to say that there were many years of my life where my drive was not to succeed. It was simply to not fail. So I was trying to outrun failure and simply ran into success. It was not because I had this great plan and these amazing goals and this super great discipline. But the other thing, so shame, you know. And and that type of it, it has its 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 place. Now I can I'll tell you one of the downsides is you don't you learn how to not celebrate anything. Everything mm-hmm. is plastic, everything is temporary, it all came out of the microwave. We did this, <laughs> done, we on to the next thing. And that is actually if I have a, a um a character flaw, probably many, but that is one of them. I don't I have never been a a, a um I don't know how to celebrate successes the way that probably would be helpful to my psyche, but Mm. we'll come back. We can deal with my issues in a minute. I think that the other thing that people can get, if you're around the right types of people who have done or are doing better than you, know more, have accomplished more, have more resources, is oftentimes they're inviting you into a community. Yeah. And you have to be willing to walk through that door and understand that they're being gracious, right? Because they don't have to have you there. But again, because people have these haunted dreams, they think everyone's the boogeyman is out there. Yeah, them. Uh, and so that's that's a that's a tough piece. So let so let me ask you this before we we run out of time, and I've truly enjoyed this this conversation in ways I can't even tell you. I did too. Um, I'm excited. Uh, so one is what what is next for you? So I can tell you what I what I what I see. Listen,
1: well, first of all, you gotta be my accountability partner. let's let's listen right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to add you to my accountability team. Let's be clear. Um,
0: I'm, all, I'm all about it. Um, so but I mean I mean, as a career coach, as a life coach, as a business coach, like your your disposition, your energy, the fact that you have not just a perspective or point of view, but it is informed, Right. Yeah. Both through experience and information. Like you, you don't have to tell me that I can, I know it. Right. Yeah. And just for people who are watching, like I, I literally had one, two questions for you <laughs> and I haven't even asked them yet Right. <laughs> and may not. Nope. I have not asked them that. I haven't asked them yet. And so we've been able to have this whole conversation and I've been kind of throwing things out at you and it's like skeet shooting. I throw some out. You're like, got it. Done. <laughs> right. Because you're you're you are you are that able and that prepared. Um, so in terms of how you go forward and impact the lives of people, what what's next for J.B.?
1: So Jordina, I, you know, I know in terms I'm of
0: talking. you started with the JB stuff. It's I know. I mean, we
1: could have said Jordina. I mean, we could have I said Jordina. Okay, we could but have
0: I mean, it, it needs to be. It needs to be said.
1: Yes. It, so really Jordina, uh, and that's why my accountability, my accountability coach just told me I need to to, to make sure I use my full name. So, but. So, so so here's what I, I will say in terms of being transparent to you and transparent to everyone who watches who's watching this um, I have for the longest time wanted to start um, doing sort of these public speaking and motivational seminars um, to encourage people um, in terms of, their career goals and just life goals. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that everybody has options and choices and just really getting people to understand that. I, one of my downsides is that I'm one of those people who felt like everything needed to be right and perfect and timing and Mm -hmm. you know, that the stars needed to align and that, you know, I, from I needed to have it all figured out from A to Z before mm-hmm. I could even get started. And what 2020 has um, truly done for me is stopped that thought process. Um, now I've been fortunate. I'm still working full time. I'm working remote, and so I haven't had, you know some of the challenges that other people have had, but it also forced me to say, knock it off like life is going to happen and the things that we're talking about need to be heard by people and so for me um i am launching a platform called chosen career consultants um and really it's about that that word chosen and choices mm-hmm. um and it's not you know just your traditional careers it's People that are looking to become entrepreneurs, you know, people who've been stay-at-home moms that think that they don't have anything to put on a resume or skill set to be able to transition into something new. And so, for me, that's what that's what 2020 is going to be about. And so, doing more of these podcasts to get out there and just start talking to people and encouraging people. Um, and one of the things that you said as part of this. You know, shame on me for not launching this sooner because so many people needed this even before the pandemic. And so, you know, what's next for me is I don't want to hold me back from the rest of the world anymore. I'm ready to unleash myself on the, I'm ready to unleash myself.
0: I'm ready to give
1: myself to the world.
0: (laughs) And it's part of the reason that I started Pivot Play, right? I've been doing some, you know, but you're kind of doing it, you're not really doing it, kind of doing doing it. And what this does, frankly, it allows you to build content. It gives a repository of, of interactions. And so if people want to say, I want to know his style, go watch a couple of episodes, you'll, you'll, you'll get a picture of it. But that whole idea, I want to go back to something you said though, this whole idea of having everything in place. Mm-hmm. Let me say this. I, I believe that 70 to 80% is more than enough for massive success and i'm talking about head over heels i didn't know this was possible success and what we've learned is so let's go to 80 because we talk about the 80 20 rule and that sort yeah. of thing but but here's what i know is that if you get something to 80 percent, it is enough and we live in an 80 percent world right so for instance facebook was not you know what it is now when it started right look at any piece of software that comes about Microsoft or anybody else, what they are really are publishing is a beta test. They're looking exactly. to put it out there, get the feedback, let you experience the errors and the crashes on your system. They know that it's not a hundred percent when they put it out. It doesn't stop them from putting it out. Exactly. It doesn't stop them from marketing it from what it's, what its potential is, right? They know, like we'll we'll get to it. You guys are going to tell us which is because they. Here is what I know about, and I, I'm going to to the software example, but they already have a list of documented bugs before they release it,
1: and probably mm-hmm. a prototype for 2.0 or 3.0, like whatever the next version is going to be.
0: They already know, right? People are. Yeah. Oh my god! You so you didn't, girl. You didn't say something right there. People are so enamored and so committed to v1 version 1 right. that no what your dream is supposed to be is iterative it's supposed to be generational yeah. you can release v1 but you need to already have designed v2 and be like continue to graduate yeah. the dream and that's the other thing people put too much into their first volley they put too much that you don't need to have all that out there to give it credibility and the reason that people don't do it is the search for credibility Right but so you know then what? we go that's, back to an imposter syndrome. We go, But oh, you, oh, you know what
1: mind. that's the that's but that's that's the takeaway. The takeaway in terms of how you lean into the chain is you just you you dip your body it's like riding a motorcycle. You better dip into it, hold on and just and keep going cuz guess what when you come around the bend You'll you'll you have something else, or a new right. turn, or a new a new avenue for you to be able yep. to go into it. And so that's the and th- and like I said, I, you know, I'm, I put myself out there in terms of transparency. Nothing is going to be a hundred percent. Nothing works a hundred percent of the time. Right. So to think that you have to have it a hundred percent figured out no. to get started is wrong. And so start now. Start right. with fear. Start with with hesitation start with uncertainty start start right sure. now and build from there start
0: and and so let me add on to that is that 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 search for perfection the 100% here's what we what i know and this is from my line of work specifically is that if you get something to 80% and you try to close the gap for that remaining 20% that remaining 20% is so expensive mm-hmm. and takes so much time That at the end of the day it eventually has no value right because we have to consider the time that something takes and the money that it costs to do it your return like all your profits like all your revenue your your margins really is the word i'm looking for your margins are destroyed because you are searching for perfection yeah it's just not and it's just not necessary and it gets but it keeps people on the hamster wheel it keeps them what they're trying to do. I think sometimes, and I and I do the same thing. We're trying to get ourselves ready. We're trying to be enough. We're trying <laughs> to be credible. We're trying to be That's it. You no, know, that's
1: it. Trying to be enough. Bring
0: simply bring the answer. Yeah. And the audience, the people that you were intended to serve will find you. you they will be drawn to you like a magnet because you simply held up your hand and said, I'm here.
1: And I'm enough and I'm
0: enough. Right, right. And some people are going to hear you. Some people are not going to hear you. Other people are going to perceive you like a lighthouse in the middle of a storm. Yeah. That like frequency will draw them to you and those will be your people. A hundred people can walk past you. But the next two are like, I. you're the person I've been looking for. And yeah. we have to be willing to put ourselves out there in that way. And just like you said, I'm enough.
1: I'm enough. I'm enough. Yeah, and, and I don't that, know that, it all. And if you help, and if you help, you know, for me, where I'm at now, if the message resonates and it helps for people, then it's for people that I was intended to help. And right. so, you know, that that, like you said, that need of having to feel like everybody is paying attention, it's just not necessary. Like, and so you you know, you've got choices, you've got options, and now it's time to 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 take this. 2020 and 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 start putting some effort and action to them put
0: action to them right the risk of 2020 is part of what's in the design of it is to continually to to open this chasm between the haves and the haves not yeah and made it even and make it even wider than it is today and this is why it is imperative for people to to seek out recognize and execute on their opportunities because you don't want to be this lower rung of society, because I don't care who you're voting for. I don't care what your ideological leanings are. You are a number. You are marked for how much money they can make off you. And then they're going to be willing to put you in the ground to keep keeping you here. We have an opportunity now to build, design, plan, prepare, as you said, and be in position to take advantage of these opportunities that are here. Even if it doesn't look like anything's happening because people are freaking out about the pandemic, be in a position of readiness because we are approaching a new normal and you want to make sure that you have the place in it. This is the time to get it done. That's get just- ready.
1: Get ready. You got, you got options and choices. Get ready. So, Let's go.
0: Cuzzo, I love you. I appreciate you. This has been.
1: It's so much fun. I feel like we just been having a good old conversation. Like
0: right. right. I want and to do this you,
1: again? Invite me we, back. Invite oh, me definitely.
0: Back. And we'll and and you left some amazing breadcrumbs for people. Um, we have people in our in our audience who really listen and pay attention, um, and are perceiving value. And so what I'm I'm saying to you from the place that I sit and my particular experience um, in business in the executive space, and and I think what I'm what I what I understand really well is strategy but I also understand scale, Okay. right? And it's just by virtue of what I do, right? So I can look at the one thing and say, okay, well, you want to have a hundred of those, or you want to have a thousand of them. This is the structure we need to build around that. Um, so I'm saying all that to say, if there's anything that I can do to impart or help or work or whatever you need, you, you have access to all my experience. And frankly, the experience of my network. Oh well
1: I listen, I appreciate that. And I was I was serious um, you know, in terms of the accountability person. Like I I I, I need that and I know that having someone with that Thompson family, you know, energy <laughs> and swag is gonna make it that much better. So oh,
0: my God. I appreciate yeah. it.
1: You're on the you're on the record now of saying that. So I appreciate it. Oh yeah,
0: that. and it's out there, it's out there live. It's true. So I love you. I appreciate you, we'll have to do this again. It's so much that we didn't didn't even scratch the surface of. Um, We'll edit this, we'll get this out soon, but I love you so much. I love you, I so (laughs) appreciate
1: it, this was so much fun. You're amazing. All (laughs) right
0: we're out of here.